You're already laughing. We haven't even said anything yet. <laughs> How cool is that? Right. Okay. Hello. 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 <laughs> And we're done. That was a great interview. <laughs> so perfect, isn't it? Right. Hang on. I need to get into my zone. <clears throat> hello, hello, hello. And welcome to the Coaching Life podcast where we... <laughs> it's good to know that you getting in your zone is just you clearing your throat. That's a really, <laughs> that's a powerful ritual you have, Phil. Welcome to the Coaching Life podcast where we peel back the bull crap and brush away any photoshopping to give you an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life. There you go. That's not rehearsed at all, is it? Not okay, at all. so right, I'm absolutely delighted by the way to bring you episode 50 Five zero of this podcast. When I initially had the idea for this nearly 3 years ago, um, and started recording a little over two years ago. And yes, it really did take me nearly a whole year to move my ass into gear and actually get creating. Um, so when I initially started this little project, of course, I had no idea where it might go or indeed take me. And the last two years in particular have been an amazing journey, one of discovery and very much one of confirmation that despite what is sometimes written and portrayed about this profession in some parts, everyone I've spoken to um, is in this with an open-hearted desire to help and love others. That like just comes through uh, boundlessly. This podcast was inspired by my uncovering Mm, some unpleasant aspects to this profession and and my wanting to show what goes on behind the scenes behind all the hype and facebook posts of living a dream life making seven figures shopping online at macy's from your retreat in maui this is definitely not an easy profession in which to build a sustainable successful business and despite the bar for entry being very low there are an awful lot of people out there who do struggle to make a go of things and make ends meet. And yet, for those willing to stay on the path, to keep exploring, to keep serving, to keep loving and be willing to take action, experiment and have fun, this really is a wonderful profession and one which I continue to love wholeheartedly and one that I feel so privileged to be part of. Over the last few months, I've had some incredible feedback about this podcast from people who've been impacted by something they've heard or inspired to follow their heart, people who have written to me simply to say thank you for helping them see um, that they're not alone. And I'm actually very proud in my usual very British reserved manner, of course, um, of what has uh, and continues to be created here. And I love that this is of service to so many people and that the messages of love and inspiration in these conversations is reaching a growing audience. I'm really excited too about where this whole coaching life thing is going. More about that later. So for this 50th episode, I wanted to get someone on here who epitomizes what I love most about this profession. That being a loving exploration of living our best life, our most loving and fun life, indeed our most prosperous life, one of joy, honesty, hopefulness, growth, connection, intimacy, and yeah, fun with a capital F. 
And oh yes, for me, that is perhaps one of the most significant discoveries we can make about life, that we do not need to take ourselves too seriously. And just how much of a lubricant joy can be in creating what we want in life, right? So, who to get? Well, I sat in silence, I meditated, I googled, I even went to the National Exhibition Centre of Loving Fun Coaches in central London. I racked my brains desperately in search of the perfect special guest for this 50th episode, whose work is all about love, prosperity and fun. Hmm. Who could that be? Well, that brings me to today's guest. Maybe he'll be able to help me find somebody. Look, I am super, super excited. Joking aside, there was only one person I wanted to like mark this um, episode with. So I'm so happy, so pleased to have you on here for the second time. Jason Goldberg, the Jason Goldberg, back on the podcast. Yay, hello. <laughs> I just love the fact that you've already used the word lubricant and we just started. Well, yeah, and and God, and wasn't it so perfect that I I couldn't hold it together at the beginning? I'm so glad. It was absolutely perfect. It was so perfect, and I'm super honored to to be here for episode number fifty. I can't. I remember when you were just launching this, and I can't believe that it's been two years that you've been doing. Like that's insanity. Like how does that feel for you? Well, you know what in in. In some respects, it's like, oh, really, only two years? Because I have to say, so much has changed. I mean, so much really has. And it's been quite a ride. Um, and and I, I know it has for you in some respects, right? Which we'll, we'll, we'll come to. But um, and, and here's the thing. So I was in, in Greece um, for a couple of weeks writing a book um, last week and the week before. And uh, as part of the research for that book, I was going back and listening to some of the first episodes. And they're like real cringeworthy, man. I mean, like episodes. I listened to the first four episodes and oh, I mean, it's just it is just uh, an example of how, look, we I wouldn't say I was shit, um, but well, you I, wouldn't, <laughs> but some would. <laughs> But it was just, yeah, it was just so like mechanical and robotic and whatever. And that's it's just, you know, emphasizing perhaps that's what it was. I'm sure, I hope people still listen to those and, 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 and get um, get value from it. In fact, yeah, I mean, the episode one, I guess, because it's been out there the longest, is, is still the most listened to um, episode until this one goes out, of course. Um, but yeah, so to me, in some respects, the time has flown by, but I get it that like, look, so much has changed in two years. I don't know who it was that's, I mean, it's often said, isn't it, that we perhaps um, overestimate what we can achieve in you know, a shorter space of time, maybe a year, and, and, uh, and underestimate like in five years. I would, and I would say in two years, it's just, it's just phenomenal. Well, and you also put in the work consistently. I mean, that's the thing, right? Quality comes from quantity. And there's just, there's no way to skip that. And, and, and actually what you did is funny. Anytime I'm intimidated by somebody who's doing something big in the world and they've been doing it consistently, I always go back and find the proverbial episode one, whatever that means. If it's literally episode one or just the beginning of their (laughs) career. And I watch that and I always feel better about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think, did I hear, I actually heard you very recently say something like, you know, don't compare your chapter one with somebody else's chapter 50 or something like that. Yeah, I'm sure I stole that from somewhere. But yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a very valid thing. Like, you know, yeah. Or somebody else says, like, don't compare the middle of your story to the end of somebody else's or, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. That sounds a little more ominous. But uh, but yeah, I think that's a big thing. And there's even a thing you'll appreciate this. And I know we're just diving right in. But but uh, you'll appreciate this, I think. Do you know about the Wayback Machine? Uh, the Internet, Internet Wayback Machine? Okay, oh, so super. 
Do you know about this? The archive, the internet archive. Right, the internet yeah, archive, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they call it the Wayback Machine. And so if you're ever intimidated by somebody else in the industry or anywhere <laughs> in general that has a big web presence, uh, you go on, I, th- I think it's just on internet.org, but if you actually Google like the Wayback Machine, you'll find it. And you can put in a website and there's snapshots of those th- those websites over time. So I remember in the very beginning when I started, I was infatuated with uh, not like sexually, although she's hot, but I was infatuated with Marie Forleo, just what she was doing, just amazing, her videos, the comedy, the the quality, and immediately went into this, oh, I'll never be good enough. There's no way I can ever create something that good. She has this huge following. I may as well give up. I'm sure Starbucks is hiring. Like all this stuff went through my head and Starbucks may still be hiring. So by the end of this interview, maybe I'll change professions. (laughs) But, But I went on the way back machine and I went back like five or six years or whatever it was and looked at snapshots of her website and it was terrible. The copy was bad. Her pictures were bad. The, the, the design was terrible. She had no video, like all this stuff. And it just reminded me like, Oh, that's right. She didn't wake up one day and her hair was primped and she had a studio with seven people, you know, you know, priming her and and filming her and doing all these things. She started from nothing. And and that's what we all do. Yeah. Except unless you're a Kardashian, but yeah, otherwise that's what we all do. (laughs) so tell me like so i worked out um the last time we recorded uh an interview for this podcast was 13th of march 2017 and so let me work that out in my head 13th of march so i think that's oh 574 days so (laughs) just pull that out yeah it's so it so sucks that it wasn't we should have done the interview either yesterday or tomorrow because then it would have been all prime numbers and that would have been cool oh man Oh, I thought you were going to suggest we should have done this in uh, 26 days' time or something, 600 days. But anyway, oh, 600. 600 days. So, and, and, and by the way, yeah, I, I, when you said, oh, we're diving straight in, I have no idea what you mean because I have no plans, no structure, no real Good. intention here, actually, than just to enjoy catching up with you. So that, that probably does bring me to my one and only rehearsed question here is, well, what the fuck have you been up to then for 574 days? <laughs> It actually almost sounds like something my judgmental Jewish mother would say. Oh, so what have you been up to? You must have been pretty busy if you haven't been able to call. I mean, that's it's obvious. I'm so happy for your prosperity and that you're so busy. You can't pick up the the phone and call your mother. Um, So it sounded like it sounds like it's a passive aggressive statement wrapped in a question. Um, but, passive uh, aggression, by the way, by the way, Jay, passive aggression is is apparently my my thing. Like I've done a, a few personality <laughs> tests and whatever. And and the thing about personality tests is they do like bring into awareness like your unconscious and default behavior, right? To show you know where you could make perhaps more helpful and healthy choices. But yeah, one of those things, passive aggression. That's it. That's 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 definitely my thing. And did you tell the person administering the test? Did you respond and say, "Oh, so I guess that's my label now, huh?" <laughs> Did you respond that way? <laughs> no, no, I'm still working on how to reply to that. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, dude, I mean, I don't know, 574 days, it's like there's there's so much that's happened. I mean, it's, you know, well, there's so much and there's not. I mean, it's, you know, it's... You still have the same haircut, pretty much. I have the same hair. Well, I mean, why screw with perfection? I mean, it's, you know, know, and so I have this, like, everybody says I have a Mad Men style haircut, right? Like the TV show. Do you know the show Mad Men? Should I just no. pretend and say, yeah, yeah. You can. I, I never watched it. It was a very popular show in the States. It was with, uh, what's the guy's name? John Hamm. Uh, and uh, and it's all about like 50s advertising. So it was okay. Mad Men. It's a take on like Ad Men, 
but Mad Men. And so now I moved to Los Angeles in the, in the last year. It's actually almost a year. It'll be a year uh, in like two or three weeks that I moved here. And they actually have a weed dispensary here called Med Men, <laughs> which I just thought was effing hilarious that they ripped off a TV show and made it into a weed dispensary. Uh, so that's what I've been up to, uh, finding weed dispensaries and uh, moving to Los Angeles. <laughs> Next question. I thought, yeah, moving to California. I, I guess I half expected you to have like a man bun thing going on by now. I mean, I can't, I can't, no, no, that's San Diego. That's, oh, that's okay. a couple hours south. Yeah. Los Angeles, you can have regular hair. Uh, when you go down to San Diego, you have to uh, disavow deodorant. Uh, you have to take on hummus as your deity. And, and you have to have a man bun. Those are requirements of living in San Diego. <laughs> so, all right. I guess we probably could or sh- should could could talk about something related to businesses and, and what really has been happening so like for you reflecting over you know what it is the best part of two years um you know what what just just take a moment to reflect uh what has changed for you yeah a lot has really changed i mean i actually did for the first time ever i've never done this i did it because i was with some friends and they were doing it because peer pressure is awesome uh at the end of 2017 uh this is good peer pressure though at the end of 2017 i was with a a few friends and we went to san francisco for kind of the christmas holiday just kind of a bunch of friends together and they had they had said oh one thing we do every year there was one couple that was there everything we one thing we do every year is we sit down with a journal and we try to map out to the best of our ability which you would do great at this because one thing i always remember about you is you have this photographic effing memory when it comes to dates and things that are going on in your world, which is always just amazed and baffled and, 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 and slightly amazed. creepy. Yeah. No, not at all. I think it's, a, like, I think it's incredible. I oh, really okay. love your brain. I cannot wait to study your brain one day. Uh, so, <laughs> just kidding. so, um, so they did this exercise where they try to the best of their abilities to break down month by month what's happened throughout the year. Mm from whatever they can remember. And it was just cool because it allowed me to go through and reflect on things that I did that were very like obvious outward facing accomplishments, but also the things that really hit me harder uh, in a good way and, and actually made me pretty emotional was the parts where there were challenges in my life and and what I did to kind of work through those challenges and how I didn't uh, I didn't give up on life or I didn't give up on my business or I didn't give up on myself. Like reflecting on those things, those were actually really powerful and they were so powerful that I was I was so afraid that I would lose it. I actually took pictures of those journal pages and emailed them to, to myself. And I have them like in a special folder. I have a special folder in my email that is just like my my favorite insights, either ones from me or ones from other people. And if I get into a place of being really anxious or sad or down, I just jump into that email folder and I just kind of randomly pick things and read them. And, and that's one of the things that's in that folder now. So if I ever feel like really down on myself or like I'm not doing enough or that whatever comes up, whatever heavy kind of feeling comes up, that's one of the things I'll read and like I'll anchor back into that moment of like, wow, I am actually kind of a fucking badass. Yeah. Like as a human, yeah. not even like as a coach or as an entrepreneur, just as a human, like, damn, my spirit is actually pretty fucking unbreakable. And so is everybody else's that's listening right. to this. But like yeah. that realization is very powerful. Yeah. God. And I so relate to that. I don't, I, do you know what? I don't do that. I mean, the thing that I used to like, you know, reconnect me with, what i'm good at is i I just go and look in the mirror i I mean no i'm just joking i'm just joking you look like you you go in the mirror you look like me you stay away from you just journal (laughs) i'm just kidding but you know one thing i have realized and and i've written a bit about this actually is you know our ability to recover is pretty much the most badass thing that we do as human beings right i mean you and i have spoken over the past year um 
maybe twice. No, but we have like, and <laughs> when each of us has had uh, shit going down, and yeah. and yet, um, and I've spoken, I've mentioned this a few times on their podcast, really, to just to really. Well, I've had people reach out to me who've gone some, who are in, been in some really tough times. Like, uh, I can think of one person in a particular relationship breakup, which you know I can relate to, and. All I can offer them is I just know that it's you're going to feel different about it one day, you know. Yeah. And, and people have asked me, well, what what did you do? And I'm like, I don't know. I just woke up one morning and it felt different. Things felt different. Life felt different. I wasn't putting my energy in that particular direction anymore. So, yeah. like, what do we have? People always want something to do when we've got stuff going on like that. And I guess it is just just take that one step to continue living life. Mm. That's it. I agree with that a thousand percent. And, and, and I had, you know, and, and there's, you know, I can't, I can't talk about all the details because it's not fully my story to share, but I had, you know, a, a massive breakup uh, a year ago and, and we had conversations around when that was happening. I think that was actually the last time we, we had a call was like right around that whole, that whole thing was happening. So literally about a year ago. And, uh, it was, you know, the ending of a 12 year relationship. And, it was like, you know, I thought when I had the, the big story that I share, the kind of like the key story that's in prison break and, and that I share on stage a lot is about my weight loss journey. Because up to that point in my life, that was the thing. That was like the biggest thing I'd o- ever overcome. Mm-hmm. And then this happened and I'm like, fucking weight loss. Like that's, that's <laughs> nothing. Like this is, and you know, it's also all relative, right? Like, you know, it, it yeah. probably felt a lot more significant when I was in it than, than it does now. But that was really the time where like I, I was you know, I had so many things that I was doing in my business at that time. And it would have been very easy for me. And this is not to say I, I'm not, I'm not shaming anybody that would have done things differently than me, or even saying that I was doing the right thing. But when I had that breakup happen, um, I still had a bunch of things that I had committed to, like literally right after that happened, like we, the, the breakup actually happened over the phone while I was traveling for two weeks and, and doing work related stuff, speaking, teaching, doing whatever. And, uh, and I could have very well been like, well, you know, screw this. It's not what I signed up for. Like I didn't sign up for discomfort. I didn't sign up for devastation. I didn't sign up for anything getting in the way of the things that are on my calendar. And so I could have just said, fuck it, I'm not doing it. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you cancel things because you need to have self-care and need to process, that's fine. But in that moment, what I realized was that, uh, this could become an experiment for me to see if just for the next week, because I had a week's worth of stuff that was still scheduled, just for the next week, if I could channel every bit of pain that I was feeling into service of others, would that be something that was possible? Just for the hell of it. And maybe I would start and I would fall apart. And like literally on stage, I would curl into a ball and and poop myself and it would go viral and I'd become a millionaire. <laughs> Shit, I really missed out on an opportunity there, didn't I? But, but like that could have happened, right? Maybe. And it didn't. I was good. And what I learned from that, what I took away from that really was that the human spirit is unfucking breakable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't mean it needs to happen immediately. So again, if somebody says, no, I would have needed to process that for six months, fine. In six months, you would have realized your human spirit is unbreakable. Yeah, I just, I mean, look, and, and, I, and I'm not saying you necessarily get over things uh, because there are, there, are, there are things that, you know, people have in their lives that just, to me, just mind-blowing that even still surprise me that people can continue quite frankly um and so sure i get that there there are probably things that happen undoubtedly things that you know happen that you don't get over as such it changes the course of of life but yeah it is this ability 
to keep going in some form. There's just yeah. there's just mind blowing. And actually, like my biggest lesson out of of that is now when somebody's in front of me, whatever they have going on, um, I think I'm able to sit with that person with much more compassion and hope. Yes. Um, uh, of this, of the, really a real knowing of possibility of what is possible, and indeed what is likely to happen. That that that, however long the tunnel is, for using a really crap overused analogy, but you know, however long the tunnel is, there is you know the, the faintest glimmer of light, and and at some point, like I said, it's just that there's something weird that occurs. It's like if we try and and do stuff to to deal with like this emotional pain i think that, that looks to me that it kind of energizes it it's like to me yeah. it just but that's just how it appears to me that just get on with living in in whatever way makes sense in that in that moment and it's just mind-blowing to see you know to see it with clients now our ability to recover is just is just phenomenal just phenomenal it is it is it's 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 built in and and it's also something where one of the things i realized that i i practiced whenever whenever i practiced it i didn't always but whenever i did i did and and that has been one of the most helpful things for me on this whole journey not just the breakup just the journey of 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 adulting and 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 running my business and growing my business and doing all these things and something that even came up this morning, as you know, because we were talking about it beforehand, I, I'm dealing with a kidney stone right now and it's like massive kidney stone. And I've had them before in the past and they were all small enough where I passed them on their own. But this one is big enough where they're going to have to do surgery. And it's been like it has it has infiltrated and taken up all of the available space in my mind. Right. Like if, if, if a normal kidney stone that I know was going to pass would take up like one room of an apartment, this one took up the entire penthouse <laughs> on the top floor of, of, a, of a, a hotel building. Right. So so it's like really taking up space. And I saw I saw myself just like this morning getting super anxious about it and trying to figure out like I'm, I'm leaving to travel in a couple of days for a talk. And then I go to Asia at the end of this month for like a month. And and all this stuff is happening. And I was just telling you how inconvenient you know it is to be experiencing this. And, and, and what I, and what I got this morning was that the way I kind of shifted out of that was to recognize, which is funny because you mentioned it in the beginning here about us taking ourselves too seriously is that I was taking my psychology too seriously, mm -hmm. right? That I, I was, I, instead of having a casual relationship with these things as they were occurring, I needed to like put a ring on their finger and, and keep them close to me forever. And, and it's not, it's much more like a Tinder date than a marriage when we have these thoughts, right? Like it's very casual. Like we're going to see each other once. There may be a walk of shame involved, and then I'm not going to call you again. <laughs> well, I, I have no idea me. what you're talking about there. Yeah, I don't either because I, I deleted all the apps, but whatever. <laughs> so, But the, the, the thing is, is that as soon as this morning when I woke up in this kind of anxious state, I didn't try to reframe anything. I didn't try to like do positive affirmations. I didn't watch a motivational video. I just realized like, oh, you're really taking those thoughts seriously. Like what if you had 5% more of a casual relationship with those thoughts? Like they can they be without being a nuisance? Yeah. And, and that was the practice this morning, and it helped. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I, I just see that. Just for me, knowing that, like this kidney stone thing, there's going to be a point where somebody's probably listening to this podcast right now, and your kidney stone's already dealt with, right? It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's gone. So there's going to be like a point at some point in time where that's just kind of dealt with. And to me, that just knowing the transient nature of everything literally everything even us just actually doesn't mean that i am less involved less engaged perhaps but i am less attached mm -hmm. and it, there's like a 
okay, I can really be with this. So if it is like the emotional pain thing, for example, knowing knowing that it's transient, I don't know. There's something about knowing that that has me that has it feel completely okay to be with it. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Maybe it's kind of it's like true. you know the the auntie that comes to visit. You know, she's a complete pain in the ass, but you know, she only stays for like an hour. So okay, you can really listen to her and humor her at least for that hour. Yeah, and that's and that's a beautiful way. Uh, that's a beautiful way to approach. I think heavy emotions in general to again not not have them take over is another practice that I'll do that I, you know, just one day randomly came to me as I was really feeling sad and like taking a walk and trying to like get the stuff to go away, like trying to figure out ways to overcome my heavy emotions so they would go away. And, and I just asked myself this question. I have these things that I call prison break questions. And, and I asked myself this question. I said, if I, if I knew that this pain was going to last for exactly 59 minutes mm-hmm. and at minute 60, it would just vanish. <laughs> how would I treat myself for the next 59 minutes? Yeah. I was like, yeah, shit, I'm gonna be way more gentle. I'm just gonna kind of let it do its thing. And then it went away in 20 minutes and not 59 minutes. Or maybe it would have stuck around longer. But but the key is that like when I stop relating to it as this permanent thing and know that, like you said, it is transient it, and it wants to leave, that's the funniest thing. Like I always made these, the, I always tell the story about my mom who's not traditionally very funny. I don't know where I got it from. Uh, and when I was young, <laughs> when I was a kid, I was raised in Florida and Florida's notorious. Uh, well, notorious for a lot of things that we won't talk about, but notorious for hurricanes. We have a lot of hurricanes in Florida. And there was this thing growing up, I remember people would have hurricane parties. So when there were hurricanes that were kind of in the area around, we never really got hit too hard in Orlando. People would use it as as an excuse because, you know, schools would shut down, offices would shut down, people were off work. So they all get to, you know, go to somebody's house and they'd eat and drink and have a hurricane party. And I remember my mom saying one time when I was a teenager, maybe if we stopped having parties for the hurricanes, they would stop showing up. (laughs) (laughs) And it never hit me as a kid. I actually thought it was dumb. I'm sure I rolled my eyes and walked away. But as an adult now, I realize like, damn, we throw parties for our heavy emotions all the time. And we attach to them and we like try to make them a permanent thing and and, ruminate and and go over them over and over and over again. Yeah. Try to look at them from different angles and like they want to go. The hurricanes want to pass through and just fucking go away. But we're like, no, it's party. Come hang out with us. <laughs> so the more we can just let them be transient, like you said, sometimes easier said than done, um, the less the less of an effect they have to have on us. Yeah, of course. Of course. And you've just you've just reminded me that I, I, I could have had two parties without getting married. I mean, I, I, I could have <laughs> just true. had the parties. But anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> Very, very true. I don't normally refer to either of my ex-wives on this podcast. In fact, that might even be the first time. Who knows? That's um, awesome. So I, I'm curious about like business and the book. You've mentioned like um, in Prison Break, your your weight loss and that, that whole journey, you know, it plays a significant part. And I love your book. I I, 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 I like the audio version. I've listened to that a few times on my, on my walks. Um, is there another book coming or anything? Any well, I just, I, there's not another book book coming. I just, I just released, well, depending on when this comes out, I just released uh, very recently kind of an ebook that's more like for coaches and for business stuff, which was really, which is the thing I'm, I'm the most proud of that I've written since prison break, but it's definitely not like a full book. It's like 30, 35, 36 pages. It's not like a, a full length thing kind of thing. Um, I don't know right now. I don't feel a calling to write another book. I, I really feel like, uh, my first child is, is very symmetrical and, uh, doesn't seem to have any learning disabilities. So I feel like, why take a chance? <laughs> so what's the thing that's going on in, in your 
<laughs> Sorry. What's the thing that's going on for you then right now that is that is uh, giving you the, the business boner? <laughs> it's funny when you you guys can't see this, but the arm motions that Phil made, I immediately thought of boner, and then you said boners. That's how connected we are, Phil. Uh, we connect over boners. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the the main thing I've been focusing on is uh, is is really helping coaches accelerate their businesses, but it's it's much less about like. It's, you know, there's always tactics and strategies, but I, you know, the thing I see so often from people and that I saw from myself is just a, a lack of, of being willing. It has to be willingness. Cause I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a how to, I mean, there are some how to's, but a, a, a will, like a lack of a willingness to show the human behind the coach. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and that looks different for everybody that, that could mean that, you know, you make people laugh or you talk about your weird quirky things or your, the things you're obsessed with or, you know, whatever it is, or you're super deep and you're transparent and you're vulnerable, whatever that looks like for whoever's doing it. But, but that's the thing that I feel like is the only way we truly differentiate ourselves in this business because everybody has the same certifications. Everybody has the same training or some version of the same training. Everybody has the same mission of, you know, whatever the cliche (laughs) mission is of helping people, you know, light up their lives or live their best lives or overcome this or overcome that. It's all, you know, it's all kind of cliche, which is fine. It's things are cliche because they're true typically. Right. So like that's, that's fine. That's, that's good. Um, but then how do you differentiate yourself without being like loud and obnoxious and salesy and and just shouting at people and trying to use the right headlines that will trick people into working with you? Like all the shit that just feels horrible to me and that I, I couldn't do. Uh, how do you differentiate yourself? And so I came down to the fact that like, well, let me look at why I feel like I've been successful and why have I had the opportunities that I've had? Is it because I'm better looking than most people? Obviously, but no, I'm just kidding. No, is it because I'm better looking? No, is it because I'm better connected or because I have more funding or because I have a more unique background? It's really none of that shit. It's that I leaned into what I I now have as this distinction that I share a lot is that instead of focusing on, and for me, it wasn't focus, it was was obsession. Instead of obsessing about what I'm going to be known for, right? Mm -hmm. Like what's my modality or what's my four-part framework or what's my proprietary thing that's going to get everybody to sign up, sign up with me. Instead of obsessing about what I'm known for, I started focusing on what I was known for activating in other people. Right. What is it that people get from being in my sphere or being, being in my, either in my oxygen space or my virtual space. And what I got from that was things like joy and playfulness and, you know, simplifying things that are maybe feeling complex sometimes. Like, so when I got that about myself, I can teach whatever the hell I want. I can shift my, my view and my, my distinctions and what I teach all that I want because people are not keyed into a particular thing I teach. They're keyed into me. And if we form that kind of connection and relationship and intimacy, then as long as I'm teaching something that's relevant to you, you're going to stick with me. Love that. Love that. And, and yeah, I'd come and watch you teaching how to make bacon waffles or, or whatever. I mean, there would be. Did you cool. grab your spot? There's only three spots left. Did you, <laughs> did you get your spot? <laughs> Is there a free t shirt with every place? Um, yeah. So I, you mentioned about the whole, what did you call this uh, archive site? What, what was that called again? Oh, the Wayback Machine. Wayback Machine. So what's in what's in your Wayback Machine, Jason, that you'd really rather wasn't? Is there stuff like out there? 
No, there, I mean, there's, I mean, well, so it's funny. Uh, just the other day, I was actually talking to um, like my right hand on my team, and we were looking at some of my videos, and I, I found my first videos that I posted. And I was like, oh my god, you have to watch these, and I sent them over to her, and she's like, oh my god, I'm gonna watch all of them. I'm gonna binge watch them, and and they weren't they weren't bad because by the time I was doing video stuff, mm-hmm. I went all in on video a long time ago, like five years ago. I started doing video, and and but I watched the way I show up on camera and the way I teach, and it just felt very like like there was, there was a whole layer of shit that I was just like not willing to be myself. And so I had, it's weird because maybe people, I think people would notice, maybe people would notice, I notice watching it and I'm like, dude, just let it out. Like, just let the thing, just let, just (laughs) the thing is there. Let the thing go. Why are you hiding the thing? Or why are you like, why are you putting a weird outfit on the thing? Why are you putting two left shoes on the thing? That's weird. Like a left shoe and a right shoe. That's how you walk. Like you're and amongst like, friends. You want to break wind. Just do it. Like. Yeah, I just, <laughs> <laughs> but it just, it felt very like the, the content was fine. I, I don't think it was as good as it is now, but the content was fine, but it was how I was showing up. And I felt a disconnect to me watching it. Right. So I can only imagine what other people felt, yeah. but even still to this day. So like now I feel like I'm fully self-expressed and we were talking before the recording started and you were saying like the way you experience me and it's totally different than the way other people experience me. And, and I get that. Like I'm too much for some people and, and that's, and that's, but that's me. And, yeah. and this, at the same time, I want to just say one other thing about that. I also want to be careful to not use that as an excuse because what I've, what I have to make sure that I teach when I teach people about like, you know, be authentic, be all you, you know, go all in, yada, 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 like express yourself fully is that we have to, or not, we have to, I try to focus on, uh, being fully authentic, uh, to the extent that it serves the message I'm hoping to drive home. Right. And the reason that's important is because if I were to just be fully authentic, then I may do like really stupid, silly, goofy shit all the time, like dancing around like a monkey. And then people would say, oh my God, that guy's so funny. And then when I try to teach, they go, oh, he's to the teaching part. We're going to go now. Right. Cause it was like, it was funny to watch him do the dancing monkey thing, but I, I don't actually think he's sincere about what he's teaching. So for me, it's like, I'm going to show up in full energy. Like there is absolutely no manufacturing. When I hit live on a video or I hit whatever, what comes out of me is literally what comes out of me. If there comes a time that I feel like that is holding me back from serving people, then I will sincerely take a look at it to make sure I'm still being authentic to the extent that it serves. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Hey, I have a little game I thought we might play, by the way. Uh, it's it's uh, just something I thought of. I was in my, my favorite cafe today um, and making some notes for our conversation, and that was when I wrote that whole bit that I scripted through um and i and i came up with this game fave and crave as in so i want to ask you maybe five questions have i got five god that's a lot isn't it anyway let's just see how it goes um five things just to ask you what is your favorite thing in this perhaps category and then what's what's the crave as in what would you really love so and this will make sense as we go along so um Yeah, I'm going to ask you all of them. And and so I'm at a, a slight advantage here as well, of course, because I'm going to chip in as well. I'm going to just share. This is this is a dialogue rather than a monologue, right? So, yeah. um, but I, I I also realized, oh, even I couldn't choose a favorite. And, and, and I did this like six hours ago or whatever. But anyway, so favorite and crave. So favorite thing about this profession? What's your absolute favorite? Uh, favorite thing about this profession is seeing people be super effing proud of themselves for for what they've been able to accomplish 
like really just seeing them just really celebrate themselves for what they've been able to do uh brilliant i love that i have something similar like the miracles miracles that come from love i just see like that just miracles occur like as as we um not necessarily drop the stories don't even like that because that's a doing thing but what once we see the irrelevance of the stories that we tell ourselves miracles just seem to happen and i really love that the fun and the intimacy that perhaps comes out of that so what would be a crave like um what would you love to have or have change perhaps about the industry yeah hmm and i I, this is not like a, a speed round thing right like i can like think about it for a second it was going to be speed, but you know, you can take your time, take your time. Jason. Yeah. Cause that's, that's a big question. Like what do I crave in, in the industry? Um, well, do you know what? And, and my answer, so maybe I didn't mean that. Maybe I meant this is going very well, isn't it? Um, no, it's great. Um, my answer is personal. So maybe it's just for you in, in your, in your profession. Oh, okay. Just for me. Um, hmm. I think I crave ways to, uh, I crave ways to create, to create content that there's, yes, I can't articulate this. And this is a reason that it's still a question for me. (laughs) There's some, there's some next level of what I'm meant to create in the world that I can't put my finger on yet. So I I crave some clarity around what that next level thing is. And it's fun to explore and I'm not going to rush it because I know that when I tend to rush it, nothing happens. Uh, But there is something else that's even beyond the stuff I'm doing now, which I'm very proud of. But there's something else. So I, I crave knowing what that next thing is. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna jump out in front of you, I'm sure. It's like you've you got these blue field glasses on. You're going to take those off one day. And, and there it is. Yeah. Mine yeah. was more personal interaction, quite frankly. And I okay. realized that's, you know, and I, I'm doing something about that. So, okay, awesome. favor or crave, favorite gadget. Like, um, and I, I thought maybe you can have two here. Like, um one yeah, like have two? because we, we we do like our toys like, and i and i've got two i've got two right? yeah i love it <laughs> so um yeah so one like techie electronic thing and one not so electronic gadgety thing Ooh, okay huh. i'm like looking around my house to see if i can find anything that that would match up with that um goodness i mean i just i could i mean i just i couldn't i feel like i couldn't live without my phone like i just think the phone is just like the most amazing i i mean i've got i've got iphone slash macbook like these two things and if i had to choose between the two it'd be like oh my god which twin sister i mean like what the hell yeah yeah that's that yeah that would be really hard although although i just spent two months in europe over the summer and i would i will have to say that the number one thing i missed while i was in europe was a clothes dryer (laughs) <laughs> so there was everybody had washers nobody had effing dryers so i will say actually even above and beyond the iphone at least in this a last couple months dryer. was was a clothing dryer is yeah. that your non-tech thing then perhaps that, well that's still tech i mean well it's electronic i guess it's not tech because it's mm-hmm. not like smart it doesn't message me and say hey the socks you're wearing are funky toss them in toss <laughs> them in the wash uh but but yeah that i guess okay i'll count that as my non-tech yeah okay my my non-tech is and, I, and you know what? I think this is where this whole game come from. I want to share, like, uh, it's four years ago now. I bought this most amazing backpack bag. It's called the Wenger Nanobyte 13.3-inch MacBook Pro backpack, it's called, right? Wow. Wenger Nanobyte 13.3-inch. And it's just this beautiful backpack. It's like the best backpack ever. I, I, I just love so much. Every time I use it, I think, I love this bag. That's <laughs> Isn't a, that you kind know, of crazy? Wenger Nanobyte was my nickname in high school. <laughs> 
course it was. Yeah. <laughs> of course it was. So what, what's your crave? Like, what's a gadget that you, or some gadget or some kind of tech that you wish existed? Oh, that I wish existed. Oh, that's interesting. Um, you know what I really liked? And this was something where I think it was a, a concept thing that never actually happened, but it was really freaking cool. And maybe you probably seen this. It was this thing where like your phone was projected onto your forearm. <laughs> Did you ever see this? <laughs> well, with like a keyboard or something. It, yeah, well, it wasn't. It wasn't a keyboard. It was like actually like the actual like screen. The iPhone, yeah. On and it and it had some. I, I'm guessing there was maybe some kind of bracelet or something that would kind of attach to it, uh, and and we kind of projected down your forearm, and then you could just interact directly with your forearm, which I just think is. I just think that's so weird. It would probably <laughs> suck in in like in actual use, but it was pretty cool to see. And when you're out on a Greek island, though, you're gonna have to basically wear just like one sleeve to keep. To keep that arm kind of pale, aren't you? you know? <laughs> That's it, true. It, it really <laughs> yeah, it's actually not very. It's pretty racially insensitive. That, yeah, that technology. Right. Right. Yeah. So moving on. You know, mine would be some kind of transportation device. I think. Like, I, I, I would just. Gosh, I mean, initially I thought personal jet. You know, because I've just been traveling a bit. But um, no, some transportation like Skype Plus. If that actually transported you, I mean, just how amazing would that? And who knows if that would ever work? Okay, favor crave, place to work, your favorite place to work. So I have a couple. I have a couple coffee shops that I really, really like to go to, and I actually just found a brand new one over the weekend that I was just telling. I had our we had our weekly team meeting this morning, and I went off for like ten minutes about how much I love this new coffee place. So there, there are two coffee places: one in Venice and one in Culver City, both Los Angeles, uh, that I love, that I really, really, and they're totally different. Uh, and there's actually, funny enough, based on when we're doing this, I'm going back to North Carolina for the first time in a year uh, this week, and one of my dear friends owns a like juice bar slash cafe kind of place that plays hip hop and has like graffiti on the walls and like it's so amazing. It's called Raleigh Raw, and I am go- I cannot wait to go work from there all day this coming week. It's going to be amazing. Oh, brilliant! And and, and you know, like, so mine. That's interesting that you haven't said like, oh, my office. I love being in my office or whatever. But oh no, I hate. I hate <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to be honest with you, I, I this is probably one of my least favorite places, like at my desk at home, quite frankly. And I, I have this my favorite cafe in town, and and also I would say working. So here for like writing stuff like that, um, I, I do love being in in this particular cafe in in my in the town here. It's called Cozy Club, but I think working with somebody one on one, I just love the whole Zakynthian Zakynthos Beach thing. Just mm-hmm. love sitting somewhere over overlooking the ocean so the the, the, the crave thing um what, what would that be like where would you love to work that you haven't uh, yet in your ooh. high-flying lifestyle see there's a place that i i've only worked from once that i really want to work from again like i'm craving going back there so is that does that count can um, i use that well I'll, I'll go on then there are no rules. It was, and it's in Greece. Funny enough, it's in Greece. It's a oh. place called Alamagoo. Alamagoo is in Mykonos. And uh, and I just like we I worked there for one day. Like while I was there, I just kind of set up and it's right on the beach and the food's amazing. They have oh. fast Wi-Fi and they let you just sit there all day and, and work. And so I would love to go back to Alamagoo. I was only there one time. Mm, beautiful. And I love Mykonos. I've been there. Um, while I was in Zakynthos last week, there was this huge yacht in the main town harbor. And I thought... Oh, that's given me an idea, like running some kind of one-on-one coaching retreat on some 
huge yacht. I think that would be pretty cool too. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Okay, so moving on. Right, I, I've realised I have six in total. We've done three, but come on, let's do That's them cool. all because this is kind of fun, right? Um, fave or crave? Okay, so place you just stayed at, not necessarily worked, but place you visited, stayed at, be it a vacation, holiday, or whatever, or even just a hotel. Yeah, I really, I, I fell in love with Mykonos. I really mm. did. Like, I, I, in the two months that I was in Europe, that was my favorite place by far. And uh, and I've actually thought about like even living there a few weeks or maybe a month out of the year, uh, because I really, really enjoyed it. So Mykonos for sure. Uh, and uh, well, maybe we can meet up there then, because I, I mean, I there love the Greek island. Because mine is probably, I, I, so this is where I cheated because I have two. Like, obviously, okay. there's a Kinthos. I go there like a couple of times a year at least. Um. But I also, like, I have some special memories about um, doing the whole Highway 1 thing in the U.S. I've done that uh, a few times. And there's a couple of places along there, like Morro Bay, I love, on the Californian coast. It's just this really quaint little place. I just absolutely love it. And, and like, Ventura Beach, actually, not that far from you. Um, yeah. Just love that. So what did you crave? Is that one place you really want to go and check out that you have not been, or not even once, yeah. Jason? There's two, there's two actually, I'm going to cheat now. I get to have two. If you get to have two on some of these, I get to have them also. I don't give a shit if you're the host. Uh, so, so two that I would say one, it just totally by accident. I found this hotel that's in Malibu. So, I mean like 20, 15 minutes away from me and it's, a, it's just, I mean, it's gorgeous, like zened out and beautiful and right in the water. And I looked in the prices where it was like 2000 a night. I'm like, Oh God. So, so I haven't stayed there yet, but I would love to stay there. And then not so local is Portugal. I have this calling to go to, I've never been, I don't know why it keeps coming up for me and I may have the opportunity to go next summer, but, uh, but Portugal is definitely calling to me for sure. (laughs) And funny, Jason, that you said, Oh, I'm having two. I have five. I can't choose. I, I was sharing, right? like I said, you know, I, I've made an advantage here because I got to plan this. And I was thinking, where the hell? If I had to choose just one place, I can't just choose one place. There's, it's like I've never been to Switzerland. That's like practically on my doorstep. And I've flown over it like hundreds of times, you know, and I just think, oh, my God, that looks so gorgeous to be down there in, in the valleys of the mountains where it's so green or whatever. And then then Bali. Um, and, but of course, you know, I have friends in the US and, I, and I, I've been to the US loads of times, but there's lots of places I haven't been in the US. I love the country. It has everything. Um, and Australia. I've never been to Australia, despite having, you know, some friends and clients there. And so if you ask me to choose one of those, I really couldn't. I couldn't just choose one place. So I, I'm cheating at my own well, game. They're all different too, which is cool. They're all Absolutely. like they're all so different, which is awesome. So go, you'll go to all of them. It's fine. I'm going to Bali for the first time in three weeks. I've never been. <laughs> Should be cool. Um, okay, so two more, right? Two more. Fave yep. and crave. What's your favorite thing about yourself? I, I think it has to be, I was actually just, I was writing something about this, so it's, it's fresh for me. I think that it is my, my ability to pretty much make anybody laugh or make anybody feel included or make anybody feel like celebrated about like who they are. Like that's totally. my favorite thing about myself. Yeah, totally. I love that. And mine, I, I'm starting to really own this now. It's been, I get this feedback. I've been getting it for years and years. People say things like, and here I am, I'm doing the whole British thing of self-deprecating it. But no, let me just say this with sincerity. Um, apparently, <laughs> so just can't do it. Apparently my presence seems to have some impact on others, like just simply being with them. And, uh, and you know, I do really love people. I just love being with people like no agenda um 
even when Obvious. I don't say much, you know. So yeah, yeah I, I do like that. I do like that. Um, crave. What's that one thing like? If I could give you a pill that there's, you could just change this one thing. I mean, no, you, I get it. You can. We love ourselves. I think uh, you and I, you know, we we've been on our own journeys and whatever. You and I, and and I, I get. Look, we're also very human. Um, but there's there's plenty of things about me that I want to change as such. I mean, could I just choose one thing? Well, we'll, we'll see when I give you my answer. Um, but there's, I would just want to make a point here because this kind of sounds like a, a weird question in some respects. Wanting to change something about yourself means nothing about whether you whether you love yourself or even like yourself. I mean, I, I will say I really like and love myself much more than I ever have in my life. But there's still some things, yeah, I would love to just, just get that thing licked. Yeah. Well, it's funny when you said it because I, I was thinking like there were, there's plenty of, oh my God, there's plenty of superficial things that I would love to change about myself. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could, I mean, this is, we don't have that long to go through that. Like you had five, if I could have like 25, that would be great. Uh, I love it. So, you know, it's not that we don't love ourselves. I'm like, wait, speak for yourself. Uh, so so I, I had plenty of things. So I guess the thing, if we go to the root of all of this, if you could give me a pill, it would be to stop thinking there was anything that I needed to change about myself. Yeah. That would be the one I would go for. Maybe. Well, good luck with that. Um, yeah, okay. thank you. I think, by the way, I think it's called meth, just so you know. Okay. Uh, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, mine is um, I, I, I still hide. I, I still hide, you know, and uh, that's that's not it's not helping anyone, not at least of all me, because you know, I guess probably one of the things I'd really like to change mostly about my life. I think I said, you know, more personal interaction. It's like, so what the hell is that about? But anyway, okay. So finally, favorite thing to do when you're alone, Jason? Mm. Do I have pictures of you printed out or <laughs> not? <laughs> do you not have an iPad Pro? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with the iPad. I have my own iPad. Uh, so I would say, favorite thing to do when I'm alone. Uh, you know, it's actually um, I, sitting on my patio. Like I really enjoy my balcony. It's just it's quiet for the most part when there's not like a garbage truck going by. Uh, it's quiet for the most part. I have a nice kind of a nice view. I have a comfortable chair and uh, and maybe some music on in the background. But just kind of just doing that is really fun. Oh, beautiful. Uh, mine is just the simple act that I do it every morning. It, it's kind of, <laughs> it's not intended to be a ritual, but I can see that it is. Uh, it's just this simple act of, of, of drinking my morning coffee mm. um, and uh, occasionally having a read, like just losing myself and reading something. I just noticing, oh yeah, I really love that. Really mm. love that. Um, the Crave, like, like if you could have anything, uh, um, <laughs> I, I'll share mine first, right? I'll share okay. my, my crave. It's, it's like I thought that's kind of weird. What, 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 like something when I'm on my own that I'd crave that I'd really like to to do. What, what, why am I not already doing? And then I was like, okay, maybe <laughs> I'd have somebody come and massage my feet, perhaps, and and make me a wonderful meal. And then leave. Thanks very much. Just leave me to to enjoy that moment. But actually, that doesn't feel true because, like I said, I love being with people. So this actually, you know, what I like to, what I crave, it kind of just felt a bit, a bit off actually. Because I, I guess for me, intimacy is 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 one thing that, that it's all about. That life's all about intimacy. So I couldn't really come. That that kind of 
whilst I would probably enjoy that, it doesn't feel like I crave anything. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I guess I think crave is a strong word for this also, but something I would be, it would be cool to have more access to is the ability when I'm alone to not, uh, to not, this is going to sound really sick uh, or really perverted, to not stimulate myself. Uh, so, so, and and I mean that more mentally than than physically, um, but yeah, to, to be okay with just sitting and not being like, Oh, free time. What can I fill this with? (laughs) Whether it's TV or books or Facebook or, or working or whatever it is, even if it's things that are not addictive personality type things, even reading, which isn't a bad thing, but it's still taking in something. So, so I think it would be cool to have more access to, to, to not having stimulation when I'm alone. Mm, Cool. Yeah. 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 Time's flown by as 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 it always does. And I, I wanted this episode to just be much more just chilled out and catching up. So I've really I don't care about any of those listeners out there, but don't tell them. <laughs> I've really loved talking and just chatting to you like this. But I will just ask is this one thing, like I always ask all my guests this. What what like is that one message that you would like to to give my listeners? Hmm. question is always funny for me because immediately my brain goes to what do I teach and then it pushes that out of the way and says what's actually present now that would be that that makes more sense for me um hmm. how about both of those <laughs> yeah no I mean it's just like it feels yeah. in this moment it feels trite to say like have fun or or you know put more play in your life. Like that doesn't feel, I believe that. And it also doesn't feel like the thing that I'm meant to be telling people right now. Mm. Um, there's something about like, there's something about really figuring out, um, what lights you up. Like my, you know, my, the quote that kind of guides my life now, my business too, but my life before it guided my business was this Howard Thurman quote. Uh, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and go do more of that because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And so for me, it's like, again, as cliche and trite as it may sound, I, I really like, I hope people have moments or glimpses in their day where they feel like they're alive. And, and that's, that's all I can hope for, for everybody. And that's all I can hope for for myself. Uh, beautiful and, and like every time i talk to you i i light up it's really beautiful i'm i'm so grateful for you and you know i i'm so pleased as well for you like we met could agree five years ago maybe something like that 2014 to um yeah it's coming up to five um and it's just wonderful to see you know you being out there how it looks from the outside and i, and I get it like um we, we've touched on that it's it's everybody has a personal life of course but to see you doing your thing really being you out there and impacting people it's just an it's just an absolute joy to see it so like i want to thank you for what you bring to the world really thank love you, you so much thank you I love you too. And congratulations, dude. 50 fucking episodes. Like I didn't even ask if I was allowed to curse and I've dropped at least seven episodes. Uh, super, super proud of you. Just the consistency of being able to do that and the dedication to do that and to explore conversations the way that you do where you're not doing cookie cutter interviews like 90% of podcasts out there. Uh, I don't think people realize what it takes to do what you have done uh, to get to 50 episodes and all the work that you've done before that to get to the place that you could be the man who does the podcast. 
and, and the impact you're making through this and also through your coaching, man. So total reflection of, of love and gratitude for you. Thank you so much. Wow, I'm super grateful for Jason Goldberg. No major analysis at the end of this episode. Just like when we do hang out and chat with our friends, hopefully we leave and just be with the feeling of so much love and gratitude. I feel that for Jason and for this conversation and for this podcast and of course for you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's another peek into real coaching lives. By the time this episode is live, most of the details of the Coaching Life live event in London should be available for you. If you're interested in joining us in London in early December for an intimate exploration of what it's like to live a coaching life, please drop me a line at phil at philg.com or contact me on Facebook via fbphil.com. I'm so looking forward to it. So looking forward to having a bunch of people in a room and having a conversation just like this and helping you live your most wonderful, loving and serving coaching life okay what a fun episode i can't wait to go back and listen to this one again thank you once again for listening as always i wish you much love and joy